0: So the group that may have helped the Orioles the most get to 83 wins last season was its bullpen. And the group is looking strong again in 2023, but there are some injury questions heading into opening day. So we're going to preview the Orioles 2023 bullpen coming up on this episode of the Locked On Orioles
1: podcast. You are locked on Orioles, your daily Baltimore Orioles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Hey there, Orioles fans. Today is Thursday, March 23rd, 2023. And welcome back in to the Locked On Orioles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day. As always, I'm your host, Connor Newcomb, and today's episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code Locked On MLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. So here in today's episode, as you can see if you're watching on YouTube, we've got a guest for this one. It is Jacob Calvin Meyer of the Baltimore Sun, who uh, is joining the beat to cover the O's alongside Nathan Ruiz this season. He is making his first appearance on the Locked On Orioles podcast. And Jacob, first of all, thank you so
1: much for uh, hopping on for the first time here live from Sarasota. No, Connor, the pleasure is all mine. I appreciate you uh, taking the time to welcome a new guy to the podcast.
0: Yeah, and so we, we have you on to talk about the Orioles bullpen, which was probably the unit, as I said, that that kept them afloat to have a winning record to be in a playoff race last year. And a few names are going to be different in 2023. There are some holdovers, but where I wanted to start is actually what you wrote about a little bit on Wednesday in the Baltimore Sun is that we've known for a while that Dylan Tate isn't going to be ready for opening day. We know there's still questions about Felix Bautista, but... It turns out there may be injury questions about Michael Givens as well. And all three of those guys were going to be some of the most relied upon relievers for Brandon Hyde this season. So what is the latest update for those three guys as we now sit about a week away from opening day?
1: Yeah. So the news on, on Michael Givens today, he, um, you know, he has a sore knee. We're not really too sure on the severity of it, but he hasn't pitched since, since March 16th. So it's been been almost a week now since since he's pitched. Um, and there does seem to be a little bit of, uh, it's, it's a little bit of in question if he's gonna be ready uh, for the start of the season. I'm sure, um, you know, that just has to be, you know, remains to be seen, but another right-handed pitcher uh, along with Dylan Tate, who you mentioned that uh, that could not be ready for, for the beginning of the season. Of course, Dylan Tate's going gonna be out for most, if not all of, of April with that forearm strain Um, you know, there's not too many updates with him. He's just progressing, uh, through his rehab and, and getting ready to, uh, to be back in the fold there in the bullpen. And then Felix Bautista, um, you know, he just wrapped up his third outing, um, of, of spring training, uh, on Monday, I believe. Um, and it was his, you know, he really, it was his first time hitting a, a little bit of a rough patch. He had two outstanding outings where he really looked a lot like the Felix Bautista that, you know, was outstanding last year for the Orioles, um, but um, he walked three guys. He he tossed 24 pitches on Monday, and only eight of only eight of them were strikes. And uh, you know, he he told us the, the following day that he was working on a little bit of pitch tunneling with, with his fastball and his and his splitter to see if he can you know make those pitches look even more similar. Um, so he you know he mentioned that when 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 asked about some of the control issues in that game, but Brandon Hyde said that for him, that was just a typical spring training outing that's going to happen to relievers. We've seen almost every guy in this bullpen have a little bit, you know, an out, a bad outing here or there, some at the beginning, some a little bit more recently. So uh, there's not too much concern there with him at the moment. Yeah. And it seems like he's trending on a timeline to be ready for opening day. The
0: timeline, the Orioles kind of set about appearances and the one that was, I think, set again by Brandon Hyde after he first appeared in games it's definitely not a guarantee, but it feels like he's going to be ready at this point.
1: Yeah, I, I think um, you know, Brandon Hyde had said that a couple of days ago that he wants him to get three or four more outings, and he's pitched twice since then. So um, I think two more outings for him, and, and that's definitely feasible with, with five or six games remaining in, in, in spring training. And so um, I think for him, the, the you just want to get past that bad outing on Monday. And if he goes out there and, and you know fills up the strike zone and looks good, it seems to be, you know, all, all signs are pointing towards opening day for him.
0: Yeah, so the one other guy, besides Nick Vespi, who got optioned to minor league camp and and obviously won't be on the opening day roster, but the one other guy that could be in this bullpen and has dealt with somewhat of an injury issue this spring was D.L. Hall, who had, you know, the, the little bit of back tightness, the lumbar issue, got the the late ramp up. We know what's going on now is that, yeah, he's pitching a game, which is great, um, but we know he's not going to be built up to be a starter. So, you know, what's been written about at the Baltimore Sun and other places, and I've talked about on this podcast, is maybe the O's biggest decision, uh, you know, a week from now is do you send Hall Norfolk to be a starter and build him up, or do you put him in this Oriole bullpen where he pitched pretty well at the end of last season? And that decision is really going to have a domino effect on what the rest of this pitching staff looks like. So after, you know, seeing him throw once, I know he's going to get into another game this weekend at least. Like, What's your feel on the D.L. Hall situation and what the Orioles may do? I feel like it's the biggest question still to be answered this spring.
1: Yeah, I think conundrum might be a, a better word than situation. It's just so you, you see both sides of of you know that coin, and, and they both have their positives and they both have their negatives. So I, uh, I believe D.L. Hall's next going to get into a game on Saturday, probably throw two innings. Maybe they'll stretch him out to three because he threw about 40, 45 pitches both in his simulated game last week. Um, and in his previous outing on Monday, um, I think the the easier path for setting him up to to building him up to be a starting pitcher is to send him down to AAA, and that's a much easier way to do that. If you start him in the bullpen, you can still build him up. It's going to take some some bullpens on off days. It's going to take you know maybe putting him into a game for an inning or two, and then he goes out to the bullpen afterwards. They do that here in spring training that. It's not as, you know, not, not very typical for during the season, but these aren't typical times, or you could, you know, piggyback him with another starter, maybe Grayson Rodriguez. How fun would that be to to have Grayson go straight into DL since both of those guys are, um, you know, uh, will be on innings limits this season. And so there's really no tell on on what they're going to do uh, with DL Hall, um, other than the fact that he's obviously going to be, in Baltimore at some point this season I will say this though on Monday he looked like obviously one of their best pitchers I mean and he didn't even have his velocity he was 92 94 um but he got he got strikeouts with three different pitches change up curveball and fastball and you know he had a, a little bit of a rough inning there in the second because of some bad defense but you know if, if he is in their bullpen he's going to be one of their best relievers yeah, some
0: of it's about, you know, how much the Orioles want Hall to be in their starting rotation in the big leagues this season because I don't think you can argue that Deal Hall is one of the 13 best pitchers in camp right now. So if you're a team that's trying to win a World Series right now, no question He's on the team. Now the Orioles are trying to make the playoffs, but I think most people think they are not a World Series contender in 2023 and he's one of their top prospects. And if you still think he's a starter, that really does throw a a wrench into this plan. And and as the listeners of this podcast know, I'm going to continue to talk about this until the Orioles actually make a decision and they're probably going to wait until the very last minute. But we'll get back to talking about the Orioles bullpen with Jacob here in just a second. But 1st this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast is brought to you by Game Time. Now, if you're sometimes stressed about getting tickets, I know I am sometimes. I'm right down the street from Camden Yards. And you know, sometimes I want to get a last-minute ticket. It's stressful to find the best deal. Buying tickets to your favorite events, it shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. They've got killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee. So you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun. That you will have. And when you go through the Game Time app, you can find any of these events that are coming up soon, including opening day for the Orioles, get into April, Yankees coming into town. You can get tickets to any of those three games. Game Time is the place for last minute ticket deals. And the Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110%. Of the difference, so snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code Locked On MLB for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code Locked On MLB for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. So we're here with Jacob Calvin Meyer of the Baltimore Sun, who is down in Sarasota this week covering the end of spring training for the baltimore orioles we are previewing the o's bullpen here on today's episode and so we've talked about kind of the injury guys let's at least set the scene for the bullpen right now we know there will be five starters the orioles have said they toyed with the idea of a six-man rotation but it looks like it's going to be five guys which gives you eight relievers on a 13 guy pitching staff right now it feels like as long as let's assume Bautista and Givens are are healthy for opening day the two of them are most likely locks along with CNL Perez and Brian Baker and then you know you have the starter types moving into the bullpen just in general how many spots if Givens and Bautista are healthy do you feel like are still up for grabs in this Orioles bullpen well
1: we talked with Brandon Hyde the other day of just about just this and you know he's He said that there were about a handful of guys that he had locked in. Now, if you take him literally, that means there are probably three spots. The way that that I count it, I I think there might be two, assuming the health of Bautista and assuming the health of Givens, um, and then also assuming that you move two starters over to the bullpen. If Grayson Rodriguez is in the starting rotation, which is not a given but does seem likely, um, then you would push over Tyler Wells and Austin both to the bullpen, plus the four guys that you named, and that leaves you with two spots, um, one of whom, you know, one of which you would assume would be a lefty, either Keegan Aiken or D.L. Hall, because Brandon Hine has also said that he wants uh, two lefties in the bullpen, and, and right now there's there's only one in, in C.N.L. Perez, so if there does seem to be two spots, but you can start to see that, that those can tick away. If, if Givens isn't healthy, if they want to give Bautista a little bit more time, if, uh, if Grayson Rodriguez isn't in the starting rotation, so then Tyler Wells is in the rotation, you could start seeing these, you know, these open spots start to really build up here in the next couple of days.
0: Yeah, that's why you have to keep your eye on even like the Joey Crables uh, and and others of the world because if Givens isn't ready, as you said, you know, if they do toy with the Grayson Rodriguez service time and send him to AAA and. Tyler Wells, it seems like Tyler Wells is probably going to be the guy in that rotation considering the fact they're still starting him uh, in spring training games. But it's also funny that, you know, you may have six guys locked in and you can really look at it, seven guys locked in because as you said, with Hyde saying he wants a lefty, it's either Hall or Aiken because, you know, Vespi and Zimmerman have both been sent down to minor league camp. So it's either he wants Hall in the bullpen or he doesn't want Hall in the bullpen. They want him as a starter in Norfolk and that spot just no matter what goes to Keegan Aiken. Now Aiken's helped himself. He's pitched pretty well in spring training so far. So if there's a lot of health, let's say it is Aiken and Hall goes to AAA, there's one spot, and it feels like Mike Bauman, Andrew Politti, Joey Crable, all guys who are in the mix for that spot, is, is that the three you feel like? Are there other guys in there? Like, who do you feel like is standing out? Because they're not really tipping their hand and they do have some options here.
1: Yeah, the tough answer to that is that they're all standing out. Um, Mike Bauman after he was converted or told that he would you know, be moved to a short relief role instead of uh, being stretched out to be a starter, he's had three scoreless outings. Each time he showed something different. Um, I, I know after the first one, Uh, Hyde was very impressed with his stuff today he you know he didn't pitch great he gave up a a hit and and walked a guy at the second and third with one out but he got out of the jam and he threw I think he topped out at um, you know you know high 90s 90 uh, I have it written down here but he was throwing pretty hard uh, harder than he was last season uh, for the O's and so um, and then on top of him you've got Andrew Politti who um, he had one rough outing down here but Otherwise, he's had seven scoreless outing out of, out of his eight. Uh, and for a, a Rule 5 draft pick to, to perform like that is pretty impressive. And today may have been his best. He went three of three down against George Springer, who he struck out, Bo Bichette and, and Vladimir Guerrero uh, on Wednesday um, on 10 pitches, threw eight strikes, got two swings and misses. And so um, all of these guys are, are making uh, the job of, of Brandon Hyde and, and the front office pretty difficult. And then Joey Krabiel, five straight scoreless outings after he had a tough start uh, to spring training. Yeah, it's it's interesting to look at at all
0: these guys. It feels like they're the top three, but you know you've got other guys on the forty man like you know your Cano and and Logan Gillespie, who you know still theoretically could be in that mix. I mean, heck, if they really wanted to keep another guy with length, I mean Spencer Watkins has pitched well enough that that maybe he would be in that group. And then the, the other thing I did want to ask before we kind of get down to like a, a nitty gritty of what it could look like this year is do you think any of the non-roster guys have any chance? It feels like it's slim to make the opening day roster. Maybe do you think any of them make an impact at some point in the big leagues this year? The Edward Bazardo's Reed Garrett kind of crew of the world that, that came in on these minor league deals.
1: Yeah, I think it would have to take uh, a combination of of a significant amount of injuries plus one of those guys remaining in the organization and pitching really well. Um, You know, I think Reed Garrett is somebody who's pitched pretty well down here. Um, He has a little bit of of major league experience and, you know, he's, um, so so that's a name that potentially, but when I just listed three right-handed relievers and if everything goes as planned, only one of them is going to be, on the major league roster it's going to be hard for some of those uh those guys farther down the list to to make their way to baltimore when if something does happen to michael gibbons or anybody else in the bullpen you can bring up either bauman or or you can bring up cravio and and um you know that's a situation where it, it will be difficult it's an uphill battle for those guys for sure
0: yeah it's going to be interesting seeing who gets those final couple of spots we're going to finish up with jacob calvin meyer talking about the orioles bullpen and Previewing it for the 2023 season in just a second, but first, this episode of the Lockdown Orioles podcast is also brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. The tournaments are heating up on both the men's and women's side, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, it's secure, and it's super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drain. And if you're looking at the women's tournament, listen, two number one seeds have gone out already. I know maybe it's not the best value bet, but it seems like undefeated South Carolina is just going to run through this tournament at this point. They might be the play. And plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. So we are back here with Jacob Calvin Meyer of the Baltimore Sun, previewing the Orioles' bullpen for 2023. And Jacob, we basically just ran through kind of all the options that the Orioles have for the bullpen at this point. And we talked about the guys who will most likely be in there. So let's say Grayson Rodriguez does get that fifth spot. Austin Voth and Tyler Wells get a spot in the bullpen. And, you know, you do have Givens and Bautista and Perez and Baker in there. And let's just say it is Keegan Aiken for that lefty spot. You have the one spot. If you had to make the prediction right now, who would you give it to and and how would you kind of rank those next three guys in case Givens is also hurt or in case Rodriguez also goes to A, and, and, you know, all of a sudden more and more spots start to open up,
1: man, that's a tough question. I I would probably say Politi first, because obviously if you, if you don't choose him, you lose him. Um, but he looks legit. I mean, he, He's poised, he has the stuff they love his curveball. and so because the factor that you lose him if you don't put him on the on the twenty-six man, I think that might give him a little bit of a leg up on those guys. Um, and he's obviously gone out and, and proven it uh, so far this spring. Um, between between Bauman and and Krabiel, it's it's really tough. I, I would probably lean towards Bauman simply because, um, I know, I know Hyde's talked about how much they like his stuff, and they they really think that that can play in the bullpen. And we've seen that a little bit this spring. And, and I think he's a guy that, if you do put him in the bullpen and you finally commit to him as a reliever, he's somebody who can flourish in that role and get better and better as the season goes on. Um, but again, that doesn't take anything away from Crevio, who was who was solid last season uh, in the Orioles bullpen and has pitched pretty well of late down here. And so I think because you have some of these options too, it may also give them the opportunity to say, Hey, let's not rush it with Gibbons. Let's not rush it with maybe Bautista. If, if something, you know, crops up there. And so it is nice to have depth um, in this situation. And and, uh, just one thing to mention about the, the starters who are likely to move over, Austin both is somebody who who doesn't have a minor league option. So he seems to be somebody who um, it's quite likely he's not going to be in the rotation. Um, you can almost not almost guarantee, but it seems quite likely that he would be slotted into the bullpen uh, because of of that factor.
0: Yeah. It's kind of along the same lines of, of Politi is with all these other guys. They all have options. I mean, Joey Crable can go to AAA and Mike Bauman can go to AAA. And, you know, even guys further down the list, like Logan Gillespie, like he can go to AAA and and pitch some more um, and and still come back. Whereas, you know, there's a couple other veterans that can't, but both cannot. And I I am really kind of down to Politi versus Bauman in my predictions. And I had recently been going Bauman, but as Politi pitches better, I just think they might be so neck and neck that just the fact that you would lose one of them where you wouldn't lose the other might put Politi over the edge, and then you give him, hey, here's a month to try out while Dylan Tate's injured, or here's a couple of weeks to try it out. And if it doesn't work, you know they haven't Michael Elias hasn't kept every single Rule Five pick that that he's taken. Not everybody is is Tyler Wells, um, and so it doesn't work out, and and they have depth, uh, which they haven't had. So. There's a couple of guys we have just kind of mentioned in passing but haven't talked about a lot, like C.N.L. Perez and, and, and Brian Baker so far in this conversation. But it kind of comes to the deeper conversation to finish this out And that last year, by the end of the year, the roles were basically Bautista was the closer. And then in high leverage at the end of games, they went to Dylan Tate, they went to C.N.L. Perez, and they went to Brian Baker as well. And then you had the other guys kind of thrown into the mix. So without Tate in there, you do lose one of the high leverage guys. Do you see it early in the season being – Hey, it's Bautista's closer job. And then, who do you see Brandon Hyde using in those those high leverage spots before it gets to the ninth inning?
1: Yeah, assuming Givens is healthy, I I think they would mix in both Perez and Givens for that quote unquote setup role. Um, in just a little bit that I've seen C N L Perez, he looks outstanding, um, and obviously he's coming off an outstanding season. One aspect about Michael Givens that they really like. And a part of the reason as to why they signed him is because most of the guys in the bullpen, Baker, Perez, Bautista, um, they only have one year of success in a bullpen. And, and as we know, you know, bullpens can be really ficky, especially, you know, when you, when you look at it on a year to year basis. And so when you have somebody that has that stretch of time where they've been a solid major league reliever, like Michael Gibbons has, I think that's going to be really valuable for them. Um, and so, yeah, my guess would be for the setup role, it would be split between Givens and Perez, but, um, you know, it can go any direction. I know Brian Baker hasn't had the, the spring that, that he would want, really shrug- really struggled in his first three, four outings, but he's been pretty solid the past couple. Um, and so obviously he ended the season as, as one of their best, one of their best relievers back there. And so if Givens doesn't, you know, is, starts the year, um, not on the major league roster because of this this sore knee that he has, it would probably be Perez and, and Baker.
0: Yeah. And, and listen, Brian Baker's had a little bit of struggles in spring, but I'm going to take the sample size of two <laughs> dominant months down the stretch against all big leaguers instead of three weeks of, of a little bit of struggles. And, and the stuff still looks the same as, as it did um, at the end of last season. So I'm not, I'm not too worried. And the other thing that really helps you out is even if it is Politi, who's probably not going to be used in a lot of multi-inning scenarios, especially the O's, they won't, Hide him per se because you can't hide a player when you're trying to win games. But I'm sure if he does make the roster, he's going to get mostly low leverage spots early. But the thing that both Wells and Aiken all in the bullpen can give you is they would have a lot of versatility in these relievers, in that all three of those guys could go three innings and all three of those guys could also go one inning at any given time. They could also make a spot start, they can come in in the second if somebody gets blown up it feels like they're going to have a more versatile, even though the bullpen was great last year, feels like they'll have a more versatile bullpen because even if Mike Bauman's in there as well, and I know he's moved to a one-inning guy, but if they needed Mike Bauman to go two innings in April, I think he could certainly do it. So it feels like they're going to be a little more versatile this year, even if maybe the talent takes a step back because so many guys pitched way over their heads last year. I feel like the versatility might help them, especially early in the season.
1: Yeah, that's that's really important, especially when you have, a couple of starting pitchers who are going to be on, on, you know, quote unquote innings limits uh, in Grayson Rodriguez. And then, and then John means when he comes back, they're obviously going to want to monitor how often he's throwing. So when you've got guys like Tyler Wells and Austin, both, and and even Keegan Aiken who can go two three innings, um, Aiken would be more on the two inning side, whereas Wells and both, if you needed them to stretch them out to three or uh, maybe even a little bit longer, they could do it. Um, I think Tyler Wells is, is, of of those of that group is the, the one that's most interesting to me because um, he obviously didn't pitch for a couple of years when they took him in the rule five draft because of his Tommy John. Um, and if you look at the raw numbers in, in 21, it, they don't look fantastic, but if you kind of look deeper, I think he had a whip below one. He struck out 10 plus per nine. Um, you know, his fielding independent pitching was better than his ERA. He, he was better as a reliever in 2021, arguably than he was as a starter in 22 and everybody knows that he was, you know, one of the team's best starting pitchers through the first two thirds of the season before he got injured. And so I know he wants to be a starting pitcher. He still thinks he's he's in the fight for one of those rotation spots. And if, you know, they give him a chance later in the season to, to try to get back into the rotation, he would probably jump at that. But if they do move him into a role where he's going to be a one-two inning, maybe three-inning guy, um, I think you could look at that and say, you know, that could be better for both Wells and and the team because of the success that he could have when he's going to be throwing a little bit harder in the bullpen than he does as a starter. Um, and his stuff could be a little bit sharper. Like we see, like we've already seen with Mike Bowman. Yeah. Basically
0: you just hope that if Wells does go to the bullpen, if Rodriguez gets that final spot that you just have the buy-in from Tyler Wells that like, Hey, you may piggyback, you may pitch one inning, you may make a spot start and you know, guys are going to get injured and Tyler Wells is going to be the first guy they call on for that starting rotation. Probably if guys do get injured, but Jacob, it was, it was a fun group last year. It was the group that really held the O's together for most of the season. A lot of close wins. You know, CNL Perez having a 1 4 ERA, Felix Bautista turning into one of the best closers in baseball. I mean, Dylan Tate just being so reliable, Keegan Aiken having some amazing first half i mean there were so many different names that helped the orioles bullpen and there will be guys this is the status of just a major league bullpen in 2023 there'll be guys we did not mention in this episode who will pitch valuable innings for the orioles out of the bullpen this year because they just have a lot of depth in triple a as well but thanks so much uh for joining us to talk about the bullpen let everybody know you know if they if they don't know you yet you know first year on the beat where they can find you where they can read your work as you cover the orioles throughout this season
1: Right, yeah, just want to thank you again for having me on. Um, you can follow me on Twitter, Twitter at jcalvinmeyer, and you can follow my work as long, uh, along with Nathan Reese's work covering the O's at thebaltimoresun.com.
0: So that was Jacob Calvin Meyer of the Baltimore Sun as we previewed the Orioles' bullpen only a week away now from opening day. We've got one more episode coming up this week. That is coming up tomorrow. We'll get all the Orioles' news and notes, only a couple of spring training games left. I'll be back with that on a Friday episode but until then I'm Connor Newcomb and this has been the Locked On Orioles podcast part of the Locked On podcast your team every day